0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Audio Ecstasy. We've got a fun episode today. The theme for the episode is live music. We're going to be looking forward to the return of live music and also looking back to some past favorite live shows that we've seen. I'm here with my co-host Dylan Husney. Dylan. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you?
1: Uh, Doing... Fine for the most part. It's good to be back. It's been a little while since uh, we've had you know the full cast back in action, so it yeah. feels
0: good. It does feel good. we got breath with us today, our producer, back in action. We've also got a guest with us, Nick Capatelli. Nick, how's it
2: going? Good, good. Thank you guys very much for having me. Good. It's the uh, first time ever doing this, but I'm excited to be part of it. We're excited <laughs> to have you here. So we've got a usual opening question for all new guests. Okay. Two-part
0: question. First part, what was the first CD you ever bought? And then second part, who is the
2: most recent artist that you've gotten into? All right, so for the first CD, I'd say that I can actually think I spent my own money on was probably Zeppelin One back when I was like nine, something yeah, like that. that sounds about That's right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Zeppelin I. I, I heard uh, Mothership Through a Cousin or something. I was like, this is pretty kick-ass. So I rolled with that, and I got real into Zeppelin, Hendrix, all that stuff when I was young. Um, last artist I've gotten really into it probably is... Either Serge Gainsbourg, the French singer-songwriter, or there's this new girl, uh, I might be pronouncing her name wrong, but it's Claire Lafou, and she's French, modern day, kind of has a lot of diversity, only like five or six actual songs out right now, but I think on May 7th she's dropping a new single. Um, definitely something to look into. Yeah. Good I'm, stuff. I'm unfamiliar. Dylan, do you, you know her at all?
1: Uh, I've only been introduced to her a couple days ago through Nick. I have never heard of her prior. Okay. So. What it, led
2: kinda, you to the French stuff? Oh, uh, so actually my friends that, uh, like my kind of little group chat that I'm in, we all share playlists back and forth probably once a week and somebody had put a song on there, uh, called "Vedertite," I think. Um, but that was on there and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like just real low kind of smooth synth poppy stuff when the french lyrics over it and everything it just sounded great so i looked into her and i was like oh yeah this is for me <laughs> and
0: you just at that point you were like i'm going deeper and yeah yeah Gainsbourg. and i yeah
2: well oh surge surge came a year and a half ago that okay. but surge surge i mean like he's he, i feel like more people would know who surges um yeah. obviously he's just a phenomenal super famous french singer songwriter from the 60s 70s uh, I think he had a little bit in the '80s. I know he died pretty young, but mm. great musician in his own right, uh, super influential in Europe and France specifically. Um, Claire is modern day, you know, Surge is back back in the heyday of music. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, real quick, I want to ask you. I, this is I can't believe I didn't. I don't know if we've talked about this band before, and uh, it just dawned on me that I, you know, I would be just very curious to know what your thoughts are. If you have made any kind of rounds with their music, if you do you fuck with the band Stereolab at all?
2: Uh, actually, I have heard probably only three tracks. I can't say Dude. I'm well oh. informed. Yeah, I you know. Need,
1: you need to check out. I'm gonna give like, f- uh, for sure, Mars Audio Attack Quintet, just okay. a fucking classic. But really, anything from uh, their second record, uh, Long Title, I'm gonna know the name of it. But like through uh, Emperor
0: Tomato Ketchup, yeah, Emperor then, then, Tomato
1: Ketchup, and then the one after that is what's also the one with dots and passed. loops? Do- dots and loops is the, is one. the
0: song I thought on. Yeah.
1: No, not, to loop system, not to is the next one after that, but yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. Great band. I'm, yeah, fucking fantastic. Yeah, um, my, but,
2: Dakota showed me them back in the day, but I, I never took time for some reason at that point in life to actually dig into it, and that's funny you brought that up because I thought about them the other day, and I was like, oh, I should go back to that.
1: I got into them a handful of years ago. Like, I was really pretty fortunate. I was uh, in 2019 and I got a chance to see them live. There oh, really? Royal Oak and yeah, it was
2: so Sounds good. awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're going to bring up Roy Oak music probably later in this show, the theater there, because uh, there's the only show that I'm aware of is a band I've been wanting to see for a long time performing oh, yeah. there later this year. So. We love
0: that venue, too. You and me have seen a couple shows. I mean, I the, think, the, they, I the, for the booking is
1: though? insane. Like, uh, the sound, I wouldn't say is like, it does isn't necessarily, I think, some of the best, like, overall, in terms of, like, the venues that I've spent a lot of time in, but, like, it might historically have the best booking of any venue that I've ever been to, yeah, like, as far as my tastes are concerned. More than L Club? I mean, look, L Club, the thing with L Club is I've been there way more. So it's not really, it's like, I mean, I've probably been to shows at L Club four or five times more than I've been to shows yeah, at Raylok,
0: but I look. Because they book I've artists seen, you like more, right? I feel like? Well, more consistently? They, don't, they don't show,
1: uh, they don't, I don't think they, I think, first of all, they play more types of shows at, or they play, have more stuff at L Club in general. They're much cheaper shows and, uh, yeah, Royal Oak, it, it varies a lot more, but, like, the stuff that I have seen there, I mean, Animal Collective, Flying the Lotus Nutri-Milk Hotel, Stereo Bell Lab, Bell and Sebastian, uh, who, oh, there's somebody, War on Drugs. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, Bigger cheer you know, artists but, than maybe Well, just, like, my ab- some of my absolute favorites of all time. Like, it's, it's not a, even, it doesn't even come It's close. a better
0: theater space, yeah. yeah. Also, though, I'd be remiss, Nick, if we didn't spend a little more time on you being, like, a young preteen mm-hmm. and being into classic rock.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because that was definitely very much my youth. Okay, like,
0: so, you said you, you got into it through mothership, through a cousin? Yeah,
2: a cousin showed me mothership. I think I was on vacation with the family and he put it, he was older than me. So, he was driving around, putting it in the car. And I think the first song I ever actually heard was Black Dog. And at that point, I hadn't really heard any actual like rock and roll music. You know, I'd heard yeah. like some early Beatles stuff through like my parents or my parents were never huge into music, honestly, in the first place. So, they would just kind of put the radio on. Um, but when I heard Led Zeppelin, I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I'm into this. This is, like, something I want to get into. And gradually, probably within the first year, I actually started playing guitar because of a mixture of Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix. But, like, that hit hard when I was yeah. young.
0: I remember those Jimmy Page tabs early on seemed, like, <laughs> magic to me. Like, I couldn't understand it. Like, I remember, like, learning, like, the basic, like, the classic, classic rock riffs, like Sunshine of Your Love, Smoke on the Water, whatever. Yeah. And then you, I remember specifically looking at Black Dog and seeing, like, The scales it was using, how much more (laughs) complex it was than like any of the other stuff I was familiar with prior to it until like this day, like just like Jimmy Page's. Just such an insane guitar. guitar. Oh, I so, know. I mean, I mean like, he's got a
2: think. bit of a sloppy style to a degree, but it really works with his sound. Like, you know, it's Jimmy Page. Yeah. You know, he's not like, for yeah. Sure. I mean, he just got so much raw energy behind what he's doing. And I mean, honestly, like, learning guitar, being so influenced by him, too, got exposed to a bunch of different tunings, whether it was just like, you know, Drop D or like the Rain song. I don't even remember what tuning that was in, but it was like D A D G B E or something like weird stuff. No, that's just Drop D. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. It was a weird tuning. It was like three of the strings were totally out of whack. And I was like, wow, I never even thought about doing yeah. something like that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that was just really cool, like, to mess with things. You know, I'd sit down, I'd just tune the peg however I wanted and be like, this makes no sense. But we'll see how this works out.
0: That's what's... You're right, because I, I don't. I always forget, too, like, what an incredible acoustic player he is. Mm-hmm. And with all those open tunings, like, I feel like... He, that's, to me, what really sets him apart from that other first generation of, like, classic rock guitarists. Like, your Clapton's, your is Like, I mean, they're incredible... But,
1: yeah, it's that kind of range rock sonically, centric. though, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's he like, a, it's yeah, about the, I mean, for sure, that that versatility that way. I mean, before Bob Dylan went electric, you're like, you yeah. know, like you didn't have that kind of like real cross play a lot of time. I mean, you know, all kinds of artists, but certainly with guitar players like you're speaking to, sure. I mean, yeah, that was a very cut and dry kind of thing for a while.
0: I feel like he also, he's the one who brings in like classical the most in that mm-hmm. first generation mm-hmm. of like 60s, early 70s guitarists. Like the scales he was using were very like the, it's remind me of like Bach or something like very hmm. Baroque like he nobody else I feel like was really doing that at that time I mean
2: yeah and even like more credit to honestly John Paul Jones because look at like the background of all the different instrumentation and just even the different stylings like he was consistently on it a hundred percent I mean the whole band was a powerhouse but yeah. like John Paul Jones I feel like isn't appreciated enough because he was doing like every instrument you could think of and Jimmy would be you know Writing amazing songs with it and just playing crazy, crazy guitar over it. But like John Paul Jones was really, in my opinion, like the instrument, instrumentist, and he was the, the rostam. rostam. Yeah. There's no, mis- yeah. there's no mistaking
1: him as the Rostum of that band. Like he, he was, he was keeping it all
0: together. <laughs> could you imagine telling him that? Like, yeah, he's been like a legend for like thirty I years know. before like any vapor he's ever come out. You're like, hey man, I just you're to the rostam of like, this
1: <laughs> band that's been. Uh, yeah, just hit three Ooh, records. The fuck and is like, rostam, like, rostam, mate. Like,
0: a, what? <laughs> a, a what a, a, what? a, a, a rostam. Yeah, well, you guys heard it here, folks. Fula, heard it here first, folks. Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah. Incredible man. Zeppelin. Can't go Doing right. done... page
1: an incredible guitarist? Yeah, I'm sure you haven't heard that before. <laughs> They're getting the audio ecstasy <laughs> stamp,
0: the bump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, too, I'm curious, though, when you're getting into classic rock at that age, are you also, like, starting to buy, like, band t-shirts? Like, how much is it affecting your, like, personality
2: overall? Roll my hair out, wear tight pants. I mean, in high school, even, I was wearing, like, bell bottoms and Mm -hmm. tight-ass leather skinny jeans. Like, I mean, I was looking like a hippie for a while. So
0: it's, like, shaping your identity. Oh, yeah. I mean, the
2: whole idea of what I wanted in the future, the whole idea of the people I tried to associate with more so, you know, like, I also was kind of odd because like, especially in high school, I played lacrosse and I was in like A P classes, but I also hung out with like the dudes who were doing drugs all the time, playing music in their basements till three AM and drinking. And that was kind of the scene that I wanted to be more a part of just because it felt like, you know, you you sit down in the basement with somebody's and you jam for six hours and everybody's sweaty and it's disgusting but like it's like there's like this feeling of like oh yeah all the great people did this at one point yeah you know like that it kind feels of thing. important even yeah. just like in that moment yeah, if you know, course it's nothing it's yeah just exactly it's like,
0: like you read the the classic rock mythology and it feels like i'm like i'm making my own exile on main street like i'm in my parents basement but i feel like i'm in like the paris <laughs> castle that like and that's
2: it that's it you know yeah. i mean like it's just everything i think was influenced off of that in my life um the fact that I'm into music in general is probably heavily influenced off of that. Um, you know, like, the Friends I've made, the the shows i wanted to see, the idea of wanting to be a musician in the first place all basically stems from the first time I heard Led Zeppelin. Really? I would really? say so, yeah. And then
0: I'm curious then, beyond that, do you remember, was there, like, what about you do you think prior to being into Led Zeppelin made Led Zeppelin click
2: for you? Like, what <sighs> was it about them that you connected with? You know, honestly, I think... I don't know, like, a specific thing, but I will say Robert Plant's voice was definitely really intense to me. Um, I'd never heard a singer like that, because, I mean, there really hasn't been another one quite like Robert Plant, just, like, the actual sound of his voice and the intensity, especially in early Zeppelin stuff, Um, but I don't know, like, it just everything, the guitar, the drums, it just felt everything was just constantly moving in the right time with each other, and I hadn't heard that with a lot of stuff, because, like I said, I predominantly listened to the radio just in the car with my parents, you know, I wasn't listening to what some people would maybe consider the best music um, of the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I imagine, yeah, the rush of that, the taboo of somebody just like singing like that. Well, that's and it. Just like, yeah, I mean, of course, it's like just seeing the Stooges for the first time or yeah. whatever it is. It's like just the pure shock comparable to whatever you, your life had known up until that point. I mean, yeah, there's no that, way a band like Led Zeppelin would leave some kind of an impression.
2: Exactly. And I actually, now that I think about it, that same period of time, I was in private school and I hated it. And I think that kinda gave a sense of this total polar opposite like idea. Like a fuck you to all of that. Yeah, oh I'm yeah. from all right. We got yeah.
1: a very similar <laughs> <like> yeah, <laughs> Catholic school, back yeah. Yes. I mean, of yes. course. Of course. Absolutely. Makes I mean Yeah. When, what how old were you, Danny? Were you Danny, what you take when you I was twelve like, step for the first time? Twelve?
0: Uh yeah. I because <clears> I can <throat> specifically remember the summer I got into classic rock. It was the summer going into seventh grade. I was into skateboarding, and I remember seeing skateboarders wear AC/DC T-shirts. And that year for my birthday, I didn't have anything I really wanted, so I didn't ask for anything. My dad got me an MP3 player. He put a bunch of music on it, and ACDC was on it. And I remember being like, oh, like I'm supposed to be listening to this. I'm into skateboarding. And I got into that, and then I got obsessed with Angus Young, and then I got obsessed with the bass line to Smoke on the Water, and it seemed like it would be a smart move to start playing bass and not guitar because everyone plays guitar. And it was yeah. like if I want to get in the band, smart. grab the bass. <laughs> And the baseline of Smoke on the Water is just one note. Mm-hmm. So it was very very easy to feel like I had accomplished a lot oh, right yeah. away. When that was like <laughs> hey, as you big as my smoke on the water that age dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's great doing. Doing. <laughs> Clean baby. And every guitarist knows how to play the other parts, so and then, yeah, and then then looking at Zeppelin and looking at the Black Dog riff. I mean, I literally remember sitting in like my living room in Redford and looking at the way it did like seven, five, six, seven, and being like, "I didn't think you could put the six in between the five and the seven. <laughs> like usually you're skipping one on guitar. What's that about? And you can hear, you can hear just how much more complicated it is than like those other guitarists from that first generation. Like he's doing different mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: Nick, I wanted to bring up, you mentioned how just like a lot of uh, the friends that you had met, people really kind of wanted to be around. were just all part of this lar- larger culture that seemed to be just around music in general. Yeah. And, um, I I would uh, just it's interesting that. Yeah, I mean, I certainly know that I met you at a show like that was like the first time Like I knew who you were. But the first time we had ever really hung out was seeing Death Heaven in early 2017. Yeah, February. That was, that was I think that like the
2: peak because I mean, me and uh, Carlo, who introduced us, yes, um, we used to go. I think for six or seven months straight, every single weekend we'd go to L Club and just see anything. Like we didn't care who was there; we would just go. And it was fifteen bucks to get in. You know, and, and at that point, which I speaks think-
1: to why again I was seeing so many more shows at yeah, L Club Royal Locke. The yeah. shows there were just Elk. so much cheaper than anywhere else. Like I know I'm paying forty five fifty for any show at Roy Oak. I mean, oh, yeah. fuck like, their
0: business end of things. Like it's an ugly yeah yeah no denying that. But but the they book the best shows I feel like bottom line at least for me my yeah I mean
1: I think well it's like the most consistent there's no question I think I always call them the best because again it's for my taste for sure it's just the most consistent the most kind of variety while still being just Artists that are on the come up that are possibly releasing their best work are still vital. And it's never more way. than what,
0: like 25 bucks?
1: Never more than 25, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Royal Oak just again speaks more to my taste. I also saw like Grizzly Bear, Moses Sumney. I mean, you know yeah. what it is. But well, the like, guys who
0: are going to be at like Masonic, if yeah, not there. Basically, or, or yeah, yeah. Fox or yeah. If Panda
1: Bear wasn't going to be playing, I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But um, so, yeah, that was when I met you at Def Heaven. And we haven't gone to a ton of shows really since. No, um, I mean, definitely um, not Car last seat headrest <laughs> we saw
2: together. Yeah, was that at the Majestic?
1: yeah majestic it was a year and a half later 2018 mm-hmm. september great mm-hmm. great show only time that i've seen car seat so far oh, like yeah. uh same year that they released the 20 fantasy remastering which is mm-hmm. reimagining rather it's my favorite record that they put out to date and like not necessarily the peak of my car seat out of but definitely when at a point where i just thought that they could do anything and they were on top of the world and oh, know, totally agree, could yeah. do no wrong and
0: their live show insane oh, i mean dead. that's what like yeah. fully sold me on them was you and me saw the El club no, was I was a, I wasn't No, right I was with Matt. I yeah. was with Matt, and we saw yeah. them. And I was, like, lightly into them, but seeing the live show, like- And that would have been away. the
1: year that uh, Teens and now came out in 2016? Yep, yep. Yeah. And, yeah, and so just seeing how incredible those- Yeah,
0: and then watching that band grow and sort of become more of, like, a talking heads kind mm. of live band or, like, mm-hmm. with the synthesizers and a lot of percussion. The dance moves and, and just the singing. Yeah, just the it was fun. Like, I think- <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. Thought, I mean, let's do it. Let's make the transition. I think we're talking yeah, live please, music. Let's get right into it. So before we get into what shows we're looking forward to most, I'm also curious just to hear everyone's favorite show of all time.
1: Or also first show too, because I, I would first love show. to know, yeah, first
0: and favorite maybe. First like, show, yeah. Nick, who was the first artist you ever the saw?
2: First, technically, the first artist I ever saw, I was four. And I went with my sister because my sister was, she's about 13 years older. And my grandpa bought both of us tickets to go see the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. yeah, did you know this?
1: Did you know this, Dylan? No, I didn't know this. We're like, eight for eight on Backstreet that, Boys like, references.
0: <laughs> every episode, eight for eight, baby, because they're titans. They're titans of industry. Okay,
1: I mean, I have never denied that they're titans of industry. Like you, you know, you have enough millennials. It has nothing on to do with what age. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what age we are <laughs> and what how, when we grew up. On a podcast with Danny, nonetheless, four <laughs> like if they're not going to bring it up, he'll like cover the tracks. Your tracks there. I mean, and it's what just was that? Sh-
0: what was that show like? I, I mean, it was. It, <laughs> yeah, was, every, it was crazy. There everything was, was, I wanted in four years old. Did they play all the cuts you wanted to hear? Were they playing you know, like were they playing deep even, stuff? I like, don't. Like, I wouldn't know. Were they doing I, I was into the
2: theatrics They had the they had the wires where they'd be flying around and stuff. And I'm, I'm four years old. I'm looking like what the hell's going on? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, the flashing lights and everything. You do. go yeah, to the right, circus right. and a
1: show at the yeah. same yeah, I mean it's just annoying. like unbelievable.
0: I've never seen Animal Collective leave yeah. the ground. You know what I mean? Well, yeah.
1: you haven't seen them live <laughs> enough, my friend.
0: Well, yeah. But the one show I've seen them, they, <laughs> they stay were, grounded they were, the, they were for the grounded. entirety <laughs> of true. it. That's okay? true. It was
1: pretty grounded. I was you very You show me A.V. Tear doing
0: some fucking choreography <laughs> or getting in the air singing,
2: I will be impressed. But until then... Yeah, I mean, hell of a performance. Can't say they're my favorite band by any means, but hell of a performance. I'll give them that.
1: Can't say they're a band that you top ever five? listened to for top, any reason. No, no, no. Top five Can't say they're a top band top? that you would uh, call it's... redeemable in any way other than the fact that like they made music that resonated with people.
0: Well, I, I think let's just get back to talking about live music. No, because he's starting to piss me I, off. You could answer
1: that if you want, because he was going <laughs> to yeah. like correct me on that, like tell me that he, there is something more redeemable about them than what they brought to people. So if you want to get in that there. But we don't need to get into it, it's not a big deal. The
2: only thing I'll say in their favor is that whole era was a bunch of teenagers who got picked up by record labels and mm-hmm. intentionally put together to make money for the labels. Yeah. I I get. It. You're 16, 17, some guy comes up and say you want to be a millionaire, have all these girls all over you all the time. I get it. Now, I'm not going to say that their music's and good. And you can sing but definitely, and you to
1: exploit that. Oh, sure, you yeah. know,
2: and dancing like they have talent, sure, yeah, you know, No doubt. No but like doubt. it's just I the music isn't good. <laughs> I'll be right. honest the about that. The music is not. The compositions
0: good. Good. are incredible, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Max Martin is one of the greatest of all time. And I think the melody are tight. There's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, and the just like in general the corporations, the beats,
1: the chord everything. I mean, I think a little little kind of one note for my liking but like it's not
2: That's awful it's not the worst stuff that I'd ever. say the worst part is the lyrical content how about we keep it that yeah, the lyrics are definitely <laughs> okay. the worst of it for sure <laughs> alright fair H- enough melodies
1: and the harmonies are great there's no denying that in my mind Dylan first show first show was Coldplay I was a uh, freshman in high school What touring Viva that? La Vida my oh, favorite wow. record of theirs. Yeah. And like that was, too. I mean, certainly I would say like the peak of my Coldplay fandom, but also like that is still my favorite record of theirs. So that was like cool to see them during that I mean, period. that's mm. what got
0: you now that I now I see where Shoe starts for you is Chinese Sleep Chance. You've yep. seen Coldplay at age. 12.
1: I was into shoegaze before I got into Coldplay, but
0: wait, what? You were into shoegaze before age twelve? Not wild. well. Like, I don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I was
1: joking. That's that's not true. I was into shoegaze adjacent. Like I was definitely like turned on to the possibilities of you know heavy distorted guitars, but feet. not well. No, like yeah, that for sure. But no, not any shoegaze proper. No, I was, well, I've also been into Coldplay years before that. So obviously that's not true for like a couple of different reasons. But like. Yeah, that was, like, the last Coldplay record that I still like at all. And, yeah, I mean, it's it was great. It's it was a great show. That. It was at uh, uh, the Palace Alburn Hills, you know. It was really, really good stuff. Uh, you know, played a lot. I do remember that, it, you know, they drew from a lot of their other records, even though it was obviously very tight on Vivo. And, yeah, it was good. The, my favorite show of all time, I still, I mean... I still feel like it's probably new to Milk Hotel Royal Cathedral. I mean, that was just unbelievable in 2014 with the full band. I mean, I was just, i again, part of it was, I mean, certainly compounded by the fact that I didn't think I'd ever get to see it happen, but, like, it just sounded better than I thought it would, and, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, though, first and last?
0: First show would have been Neil Young, my freshman year of high school. I went with my dad and my mom. Um, I remember during the encore, all the old people started to smoke weed. It was at mm-hmm. the Fox theater and it was my first time smelling weed and I remember holding my breath and thinking to myself I don't want to get hooked on this stuff <laughs> <laughs> My favorite show was f- four years later after, j- the summer after graduating high school seeing Radiohead on acid oh, at the yes. palace so oh. some things had changed <laughs> yeah. we got I went with my friend Lewis Walters we got there we like two hours early and got front row we'd bought general admission tickets. We got right up there. I think it was like my second time ever taking acid. And it was the King of Limbs tour. And I thought it was, like, the best live band I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they're so incredible on record, but hearing them live, it was just such a different beast. Like, they were... Mm-hmm.
1: And they were great when we saw them. That was yeah, also oh, a insane. I mean, show. they're just... Yeah.
0: They're an incredible live band. Right.
1: There's no deny. Yeah. And I mean, that was the only time that I had seen them. But, like, it's still... Like, when I did end up seeing them, like, that was... I mean, there was no... Easy to think of as a studio band, but they're terrific
0: live. Which I mean, that's one of the broader conversations about live music. I really want to get into today is I think Dylan, you and me are historically more studio guys. We're more interested yeah. in like bands. I mean, as I could say for me, it isn't artists. even close.
1: And like we, we were talking to, I mean, uh, last time we did this with uh, Nick, just about like putting you know your emphasis into certain records and like so much of that. Just again, with what I look for in records, it's like oh yeah, like the stuff that really can't be replicated live. Like that's what I want to listen to. Like I want to hear a fucking you know like Spaceman Three. Like, like you know, fucking Revolver era Beatles, Pat Sounds era Beach. Right. Like don't Loveless. even don't don't eat Loveless. Yeah, exactly. Don't even attempt to try this stuff live. It's never going to happen. Like yeah. So I mean, that's certainly like you know the, the Sonic Journey is what I'm always here for. But like you I know, think of
0: the unit of music yes. as an album. It's like that's what oh like al- music's comprised of albums. This is like, the art form I, that I re- like, like, like.
1: That's yeah, the that atom. Yes. Of,
0: like, sure. N- Nick, for you, are you more historically someone who's interested in albums, or do you prefer like a live? experience like when you think about music or see i guess preference? if i'm
2: gonna i would say like if i'm listening to music and wanting to look into new music i mean i did have a big stage in my life where i would go to new shows constantly that i didn't know the artist and i love that i saw a lot of really bad shows but i saw a ton that were great of these bands that you know had two thousand listens on spotify you know and that was cool um i'll say nowadays i'm probably more actually into live music Really, yeah, I think I used to be much more into album format. You know, I like, I mean, studio effects, all that stuff. You can do the mixing, I mean, you can do crazy stuff. It's people can't copy that live, I get right. that. But there have been some performances where there was a band I liked, like um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I saw them at the Crowfoot, I don't know, 2017. And I I liked them for probably a year or two at that point. Like I liked them. But Definitely see them,
1: seemed like a definitive studio band. Like but li- live, listen, was I have not amazing. seen them. And heard, I'm sure. Like I I really want to know. And they're not a band that I wouldn't want to see live. But you hear those records, and it's like in my mind, like this is definitively a studio sounding band. Like I don't, especially earlier on, it's like I don't know that first record. I'm sure that those shows left a lot to be
0: desired. But well, I I've no heard doubt, they've come a long way. I heard yeah. they well, sucked at first, and now I heard they're incredible live
1: said about anybody You could, I mean, like yeah, them, them, fair enough. Them specifically, like <laughs> any band just, but
0: the Rolling Stones.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> uh yeah, or I mean, because yeah, it was just like the, the time that they came out, that model, whatever. I mean, sure, it sounded. I I think that record just had Ruben playing on it. I don't know if there was even a band yeah, I think in the think The thing beginning, that was different about
2: it was it was obviously so much, multi.
1: Past multi love, it sounds like they're much yeah, much yeah. tighter. But whatever.
2: I, I think like just the live. You know, I wouldn't say. You know, it's interesting. I wouldn't say it was necessarily better because it sounded. Totally different. <laughs> but there was just, like, a lot more infinite. it. Like, it, yeah. you know, like, I mean, the, the albums, especially their ones, it's very kind of, like, low pace, like, kind of, like, relaxed sound. Like, even, like, the yeah. mixing is very, like, oh, dulled yeah. to a degree. This, it was, like, in-your-face, much more theatrical performance. Like, everybody was really into it. The atmosphere of the venue itself was fun. And, it, like, I wouldn't say it's... It's interesting because it's almost like a whole separate take on the album. When I and I've only seen that one time, but seeing them live, I preferred that performance over any of the recorded
0: stuff. Was it was it mm-hmm. different? Like was there improvisation? Oh, sure, there were
2: touches of it. I, they, they weren't doing like ten minute improv, okay. but there was definitely you know they would hold out solos longer or you know like maybe mix a couple songs together. Um But mostly it was just like the the, I, the live mixing was so good. Like the bass really stuck through for one, and I wasn't expecting that because like one of the big problems I think live music in general has is if the mixing isn't good, the show sucks.
1: Yeah, and I would say that is something we'll touch on because that can totally make or break a lot of experiences. Totally. Just like, oh yeah, the mixing was great tonight and this is the band that you really want to see and so like, even oh, if it. they I are really great talk. live, it's like you're just going to think of them as like that Alp Studio band, whatever, and like... That's and why I think like if it's a band...
2: Oh, if... go ahead. No. no for... I think if it's a band that you're into, you should give them multiple chances to see them live. Like for instance, mm-hmm. I saw Dinosaur Junior the first time at uh, St. Andrews. The mixing was god-awful. The guitar was way too loud. You couldn't hear the bass. You couldn't hear the Believe it, that was the show that I was at. It was terrible. It was horrible. But I've (laughs) seen them two other times, and the other two times, it was amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. one of the best shows I've been to. Um, But definitely, I get the thing where, like, you go to a show, you have a certain idea of how you want it to sound. It just sounds like crap because the guy isn't doing a good job. But giving it another chance, like, same thing. I've seen Seat six times in three different states. Whoa. Yeah. I love yeah, this that. is the Headrest <laughs> super fan. <laughs> like, no doubt this about is that. This awesome.
1: Yeah, he's the like, definitive Seat Headrest super fan of my life. Have it's, you met Will ever?
2: Yeah, actually, twice. I had drinks <laughs> with him in Seattle. You, what? Yeah. Yeah, after actually, I'm sorry, it was Bellingham. Washington. Folks, we've got
0: Nick Capitelli, friend of Will Toledo. Of course, uh, he's, he's, he's got and and, he's got of Will in him. I
2: wouldn't say he's friends,
0: just leveling up right now. I was yeah. a hard, Wait, we'll hard we're hard gonna man. say friends on the show. Right, this a, is a big gut for us, right? <laughs> just
2: fucking play it up, right? Dude, yeah, just God. cut that part out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like I've seen him six times, and uh, every single one has been good. The worst one was when I saw him in Cleveland. I think the audience just wasn't into it. And, like, every time I've seen them in Detroit, everybody's having a good time. Like, it really amps up. And I think they feel better about it, too, because everybody's having – in Cleveland, everybody just stood around. It was really boring. The band seemed off just because, like, they weren't playing bad, but there just was no energy in the room. The best time I'd see them, though, was probably the last time in Detroit. They were – I don't know. The whole show was just – Packed. Was that the one that, that was I saw them? With? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was That great. was a fantastic show. Yeah, it was. I yeah. mean, <clears> the <throat> energy was there. The songs were great. Everybody was having a good time. The renditions of the songs were good. The whole band they were touring with, what the Naked Giants, yes. as basically, their, and
1: then three of them yeah came yeah. back and played. With, that was yeah, so yeah and tired. that oh. that
2: whole concept yeah. in general, like kudos to their musicianship, playing their cool. whole set and then playing a whole another set mm-hmm. for a car seat. Um, yep. but that was an amazing show. I saw them do the same thing in Seattle, and Seattle was really cool. Um, it was a much smaller venue though, which I like, but it was kind of like. It was kind of like a venue you'd find in Kentucky, I feel like. Like, it didn't feel like a Seattle venue. It was kind of out a little bit of the city. Bellingham was in a college town where actually the guitarist goes to school. Um, That was a great show. But, like, Detroit has so far been... Top three shows I've seen have all been in Detroit with that band. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Were we at that same show then? The L Club one on the... Yeah, uh, t- yeah, that was yeah. probably
2: the first... That was probably the when I met him the first time. they played first Sweet time I saw Jane? Yeah, 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 yeah. That rendition was sweet, too. It's, I was so stoked on I that. I saw them play... Uh, This must be the place in Seattle. And that was killer. It was awesome. Speaking of that Talking
1: Heads thing, I mean, that's just like pitch perfect, like exactly the kind of song I want to hear them cover.
0: He picks the best covers.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that aspect of it too, I want to touch up on just like how Unknown Orchestra sounded different. Comparable to what you would expect, given how they sound on record, like that is something that I do love about live music is just seeing the differences and that sort of thing. And like bands that I love, like Smashing Pumpkins or Animal Collective, I mean, like the arrangements might be like altered. The transitions are wild. Like you, I've had times where I didn't even know like what uh, song they were playing until I heard some of the lyrics. It's just like yeah. that kind of stuff. Always, oh, it's just super exciting. And like, yeah, I mean, I like the, you know, just like you're never like the, whether it's a cover or an arrangement, like you know, different to take on a certain song that, you know that they played a million times it's like there are certain things that you just you'll never be able to see again like just the presence of that like just yeah I mean it's un- like something that it's very easy to appreciate in hindsight having not been to shows you know as long as we have given the pandemic but like yeah, just like thinking about live music again that is such an exciting thing that I just have taken for granted for the whole time that I've been seeing live music mainly pretty much
2: oh yeah this last year's made me yeah. appreciate it yeah. just all the more just I think yeah eh,
1: the last couple of years it's been easier just because I've been going to more shows yeah. to become more apparent but yeah historically that's just not something that I have again given the nature of the kind of music I like to listen to but
0: sure. yeah I think like what you're saying too about the bands that you love to see live and why you like them I feel like a big part of that is like the Imp- at least especially with Animal Collective is the improvisational aspect. Yeah, I feel like live music yeah. definitely in a rock context benefits the bands that are playing live live. Like they're taking risks on stage, doing mm-hmm. things that they're not doing on record. Yeah. Um
1: and that's what makes it exciting. Even if they fail, which again, there are plenty of awful Animal Collective shows, plenty of, you know, what like times where things is going to go well because, you know, it's not, you know, automated. They're like playing the stuff analog like, you know, yeah. it's just how it is, but
2: I mean, well, a, that's Oh, that's interesting. Just like the idea backtracking a bit to the Zeppelin thing again. Uh, one of the first times I really started watching live music, like on YouTube and stuff, was there uh what was the song remains I mean, the same? Yes. Kind of does movie anybody remember tour laughter? Thing. Oh, uh, yes. And <laughs> like, but the days and confused version, there's like a 10-minute improv in the middle where there's new lyrics, the whole guitar line changes, the drums. Is
0: that where he does the feedback
2: and stuff yeah, too? Yeah. 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 And I just remember <laughs> seeing that the first time and being like, God, like, what the hell is this, you know? Like, this is not part of the song at all, and they're just doing it effortlessly. And I think, you know, that show was probably a little staged because it was for a movie. <laughs> but still, just like, at that age specifically, I didn't get it. And seeing, like, that kind of a live performance versus just being able to hear the song itself, like, that was my favorite version of the song for, I mean, even nowadays, I think it is. I just think it's a way better version. And sometimes you, it's, it's luck of the draw. Sometimes with a live show, you get something that you'll never hear on album. Like Even Car Seat, I prefer the Powderfinger version of Sober to Death. Where he mm-hmm. does the medley with uh, the Neil Young song, he oh, yeah. it, it does Powderfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See,
1: he mm-hmm. pulls out the great. best covers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great tasting
2: covers, covers. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just great. Like that's that Leonard
1: Cohen cover on that like oh, record. That mm. yeah, dude, mm-hmm. awesome. That was. I didn't even. I bring that up to you when we were talking about recently, but that's also just an amazing moment leading into the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, so good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that you have a lot more opportunity with recorded music, obviously, and a lot more. Like, I kind of respect the idea of even, like, the Beatles back in the day where they didn't tour. They wanted to record to do it's this e- work with sound. I
0: think that's exactly what, that's, like, the starting point of where my taste, and I would argue maybe Dylan's yours, too, comes with is, like, yeah, like, the Beatles. Like, it was just, like, they're, like, the cornerstone of all the music we're into, of, like, recorded music and, mm-hmm. like, bands where, like, they literally gave up touring just to make albums. And, yeah. like, each mm-hmm. album's different. And, like, we're very obsessed with, like, Artistic evolution and, and the trajectory, yourself, yes. yeah, the trajectory of the album. And the yep. Beatles are like the, the platonic form of that, of course. And they didn't tour. And so, I feel like I just put aside live music for years as like a thing. I just honestly didn't. I mean, I'd go see my favorite bands, but like just could care not that much about it. Mm-hmm. For me, what mm-hmm. got me into it big time in the last couple of years is the Grateful Dead and just sort of like jam band music in general and where like it's these acts where like they almost don't even release albums like it doesn't even matter like the thing is like you move with the band and you follow the history of their shows and the different time periods within their career what they sounded like at different times Mm -hmm. and it's much more of like a fluid just natural evolution that's literally happening like week to week with the band like oh in april they sounded like this and then by like december of 77 they were completely different like that stuff's just got me looking at music in a completely different way. And then like fish with like the way they do their set list, how much fun they have with that, like I just think that stuff's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like having little Easter eggs and telling little stories and jokes. Yes. and like Stuff like that. Yeah. So self referential and like giving stuff out for the heads while also continuing to build on their catalog of them. I mean, it is really exciting to see kind of evolve in real time.
0: They'll end a show with like part one of a song and then start yeah, the yeah, next
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. night's <laughs> show with part two of it. Like, what are you going to say, Nick? I'll just say, like, it's funny because I don't really have much uh, knowledge around jam bands, honestly. I, I, I don't either at all. Yeah. Really outside of the he's Grateful Dead. He's
1: become a big, like, it was just just, he's starting dead. to become a Grateful Dead. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Band, okay. But, yeah.
2: I, I lived up yeah. at State for a bit. And that whole house that I lived in was like pure jam band. Like everybody was into it. And I just wasn't at that point. Um, But that way that you just described is actually incredibly interesting to me. I've never considered that. But the idea of watching it gradually progress every show, kind of like a fluid story, that's that's piqued my interest to a degree. Yeah,
0: and The Dead's super cool for that too because you watch them do like different songs throughout their career and like they'll take different forms throughout the career. Mm. And like I also just think I'm just a big fan of like the stat side of it too. Like there's these nerds. On the internet and oh, I guess yeah, on the Time songs are like, playing. The it, databases. Like, There's yeah. literally databases yeah. where they've got like every recording of China Cat Sunflower and like if you talk to a dead fan and they're expected to like, what's your top three China cats, bro? Like Which, what are your top five scar I
1: know that this always does seem like a reach because I just, I was literally just talking about them, but I have done the animal collective and it is so glorious. Like the board, like literally the stat tracking and you like, been, it is one of those kind of things too, where like that evolution was so rapid and so quick that they literally were changing from month to month I majorly. He- and like, it's very interesting to hear again, like the, really old stuff now and like the stuff that they were just recording, playing for the first time and
0: like, yeah. cause they're always doing new stuff, right? Yeah. Like they would
1: uh, traditionally play the new stuff while they were touring the old record. And so like, it was just like always Neil young move. Yeah. I love yep. that. Always building on itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great way to piss off the audience. <laughs> yeah, no, there was not. Yeah, I was only super for, stoked about the record. Well, that like, thing hell, is, no. It was. It was
1: only for the heads. It was not for the cat. It was never for the casuals.
0: I honestly think even as a head, I wouldn't be that interested. Like, not, I don't want to say not interested. Like, I'd be into it. Not but.
1: interested in a band changing it that rapidly. I, like, I remember
0: oh, as like a kid being into Neil Young and like that first time going yeah, to see him. you being like, he better be playing the stuff and you I know. <laughs> you grow up. Like, at some point, like you, t- you know, you
1: grow up and you just you know you start going to shows and whatever, but. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to interrupt you though. You were, were you going to say, uh, well, I was going to ask
0: you, I animal collective. I've heard that they are very like hit or miss. Like there's a lot of to the risk taking.
1: Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing is that like, it, yeah, there are plenty of shows where like, yeah, it just, you know, they're, Whatever, like it's not always on. Like there's a lot of stuff going on at once. You know, that's what's cool like, though, because yeah, they're taking the I'm, risks. Exactly, that's what I'm here
0: for. Yeah. So how many I times have you it, seen it, them?
1: I've only seen them once. It was just the okay. painting with George. They, I would have seen them instead of be hurt, but they canceled that show twice. And right. uh, just they've only, yep. yeah. That but, yeah, they're recording a new record this year. They're trying to get Panda Bear into the country. So, trying to smuggle him in somehow. That's the last, that's literally the last thing I heard from the boards. Like, through the grapevines, they're trying to get Panda Bear in the country somehow to record this next record. Bernie
0: would have gotten him in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. He
1: would have voted for Bernie
0: if Bernie's he was a in America. Bernie's a Bernie Bros. Bernie I know. Bros. Yes. <laughs> 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 you were listening to Bros on the way over. I was watching your Spotify.
1: Yeah, I was listening to Bros on the way over. I'm always we were watching. watching. Daddy's always yeah, watching. We were, we're talking about, that. we were listening and to And was listening Gainsbourg to Blink first. 182
0: this week. Yeah, you that were. Enema of the state. It was playing. My eyes are always open, boys. So, okay. um,
1: we were talking about favorite shows. Are there any shows, like, any artists really that you haven't seen that you really want to, like, like you know, kind of white whales in that regard? Like, there, I'm sure there are plenty of artists that we each have that we've thought of many times that we'll never be able to see live, which, mm. you know, that's, like, an enormous list, I'm sure, if we really want to get into it. But are there any currently that you really feel like you need to see? Okay. My list is actually quite extensive for, like, the true need it's about, not wait, it feels disingenuous but that it's we haven't long. seen
0: before or just in general.
1: The artists that like we have not seen yet that we really need to see that would be possible. For. Like I'm not saying like oh yeah, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, but B- like right, that right. you actually like could but see. But I
0: can't say like I like I want to see Guided by Voices for like the Blank of. Time. Yeah, no, you've already yeah, okay. that you haven't seen
2: yet, right. I haven't seen Radiohead and I would love to see Radiohead. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That's definitely a big one for me. Um you know, that's interesting. I don't often go to kind of like the bigger band shows. And I'm not, like, obviously, you know, it's not the same as going to, like, a Beyonce show or something. Of course. But uh, I don't think I've bought a concert ticket for more than 50 bucks in the past five years. And I, it's not because I don't want to see the bands that are coming. It's just, like, I, I, I... A, I don't like big arena shows. And B, I don't want to pay that kind of money to go see an artist that is just going to kind of be... Like, arena sound doesn't sound good to me, you know? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not And the, the environment's not intimate. Usually it feels like a little more... Um, fan service to a degree. I like the intimate nature you get, like L-Club specifically. Yeah. there's If you want a little tip, there's only one way out, and it's the front. So if you wait around long enough, the bands go out the front. That's how I met Will the first time. Mm-hmm. Ah. But they come to the merch table, you hang out, you talk, you know, it's intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have interest in going to sit in the 15th row up in the rafters at Little Caesars Arena yeah. and watch a band that I've... Love for a long time, but I'm also paying $400 to have the seat. To yeah. be super far away. Yeah. 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 No. It's just not, it's not my kind of live show, I suppose. I, yeah. I, I, I really have no interest in that. I'm with you on that. So I was only, yeah,
1: I mean, there, we, I did see that for Radiohead, and like I would still do that for the bands that I, if there were any that I absolutely need, had, was only going to see in that kind of venue, but that's, you know, far from my preferred thing. And, mm. but wasn't I also, too bad for Radiohead, I
0: also but, love yeah. like, that mid-level tier like you're talking about with Royal Oak Music Theater or Fox, like seeing like a a fleet foxes or something like a grizzly bear where they've really like Really nailed like a perfect showdown, and hearing it in like a beautiful acoustic space. Oh, I totally agree mm-hmm. with that. I
2: mean, a lot of those theaters in general just Masonic, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, I, was it Masonic that we saw Fleet Fox? Fleet Foxes, or? yeah, Masonic. That's what I thought. It's I'm sure, sure they'll admit.
2: Well, just like the theaters, they were designed for sound. Like the yeah. acoustics in those are so ridiculous. Oh yeah. The, the little venues, Detroit, you know, like L Club or the, even the Loving Touch and stuff. They the were Fox Fox. Yeah, you know, Deluxe Fox. Like they're cool and they're aesthetic and they're fun and you can like have a really good time for cheap. But like they're not designed for sound the same way that a theater is from you know yeah. the late 1800s um so like i saw iron and wine at the kalamazoo state theater and basically it was just him and a guitar the whole show and it was one of the best shows i've ever seen just because the acoustics were so good like even the the encore song he did that flightless bird song which is one of my least favorite ones but he did it without any music he just stood there and sang the whole time and it was like every i mean it was pin drop quiet in that room and it was amazing like mm-hmm. every like chill everything and that's cool yeah. you're not going to get that out of an l club size venue you're not going to get that out of an arena so mm-hmm. i have a big respect for those mid-tier venues too and like i'd much rather see them get better shows that are going to these arenas than keep supporting these arena shows because yeah. shows are just kind of garbage in my opinion oh I, for sure i get yeah, the idea they're huge bands yeah. lots of people want to see them competition all that stuff but it just it never sounds that good to me
1: yeah no
0: I don't like the ones where, like, you, you're so far away that when you talk to the person you're with, it's, like, louder than the music mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm at a live show, I want it to be, like, consuming me.
2: That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. In between songs, you can chat a little bit. And if there's an in- intermission, you can walk outside, smoke, have a chat. Otherwise, okay. shut up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dylan, who for you? Who would oh, be
2: it's,
1: a, You got to go. There's, there's so many, dude. Do you so have many. any that come to mind for you?
0: For me, artists that I haven't seen.
1: Um, you mentioned actually a little while ago to me that there weren't that many left for you. Like, I know Frank Ocean is somebody that we've talked about. Yeah, I haven't but seen like, Frank because yeah. Frank
0: doesn't really do that.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, he, again, he counts as somebody because you could theoretically see him. But just, I mean, yeah, the nature of his non-existent touring schedule yeah. is like. I don't know. Who else? I mean, who? who Fiona would... Apple, you haven't seen. but you Correct. Yeah,
0: that's, I mean, that's. But
1: like, I'm just feature. like guessing. Well, I feel like, yeah, you have seen most of the ones that you really care about.
0: Yeah. I... Shit. They've starting naming off some of yours. And I mean, my bloody me Valentine is think. like number one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I would be on yeah, that boat story, too. Cool. Yeah,
1: Frank Ocean obviously. The
0: Avalanches. oh pavement. I'm sorry yeah, for pavement. Me, pavement. Pavement, I'm definitely. really hoping they they had planned they'd signed on to yeah. do a show in 2021 yes. before COVID that's happened. Right. So hopefully that still happens. But like D'Angelo. Oh God, D'Angelo. Yeah. Come, I mean, on come on, that's the
1: thing. Is like you really start to think like yeah, The Cure for me, the microphone, Sufjan, the knife, fuck buttons. I mean, dude, it goes on and on. Afex Twin, like.
0: Does Apex do live stuff? Oh yeah, Bjork. That sounds uh, insane.
1: Yeah, dude. Mitski, Blood Orange, Fucked Up, Low, Pusha T, Eve to Yeah, I yeah. gotta delete some of these because oh man, Sophie and have passed since I am to go pass inside of this list.
0: Ooh. R.I.P. R- R- yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, the I was I, I brought this up earlier. The only show because there I have seen some tours being announced. I think Japanese Breakfast, Julian Baker, both mm-hmm. announced some dates lately. Mm-hmm. A couple other acts. Um, Black we actually to yes. Um the only Michigan date that I saw for a band that I'm looking forward to seeing is uh the Flaming Lips, actually.
0: going. Yeah, she's I, that's why I, I hit your line. I was like, bro.
1: Well, I didn't think that she had announced uh reschedule for Michigan when is it?
0: I, I don't know. You I thought
1: I, I, I saw that uh the thing, future. but I did not see that it was Michigan. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. so Waxtage and Flaming Lips then, yeah. Yep. So uh, very excited about both of those. Uh,
0: Okay. Nova- November seventh, cool. beautiful. What I'm being told. Oh,
1: the playlist is to November two.
0: Looking <laughs> like a good end of the
1: year. That's air. a big month, and it's a big month. So uh, yeah, you got any shows that you're looking forward to next?
2: Honestly, I I'm actually moving out of the state in two that's weeks, right, so yeah. I haven't, you haven't really been looking at the calendar, calendar at all. No, not memory. really. Yeah, no. yeah, that's I saw a Japanese breakfast. They're not coming to Detroit though. No, they're not. They're not yeah, that's right.
1: They, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you they see
0: are. them when they were with Alex G? Yes, I did. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. That was a good show. Yeah, I
1: totally forgot about that. That was when he was drawing Rocket in 2017. That was a good one. Yep.
0: That was the first time I saw him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be. He's definitely going to play something. He's got something coming out this year for sure. But
2: where uh, are you moving? Uh, South Carolina. Oh,
0: okay. What's taking you there?
2: Just uh, trying to... I'm actually... I mean, it's a whole thing. I'm trying to move to Europe, and I can't this <laughs> year, so I'm doing a small move in between to <laughs> get used to being away. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's a big, long thing, but yeah, two weeks I from like now, that. I'm actually leaving, so I'm yeah. not... I, I guess I haven't looked into the venue things at all, like what's around... I mean, I've looked into venues down there, but I haven't looked at their schedules. I don't know what goes yeah. through there typically. That'll be <laughs> cool, though. Brand yeah, new, brand yeah brand it'll new be places different. To see music. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm a couple hours outside of Atlanta, even, so I'm sure there's tons of big people who are going to go through there. You know, yeah. Well,
1: it'll um, be interesting to just. I mean, it's been a while, but like you had mentioned earlier, you were at a point where you're seeing a lot of like you know local stuff, whatever, and just like just shows it all. So like just the sense of like yeah a bunch of like local stuff coming through South Carolina when it's feasible again I mean that's just you know, getting yeah. sense it's like okay like that'll be just cool to see on that level like yeah you know, and I was talking
2: to you right. earlier in the car like there's even within the place that I'm living five I think jazz clubs within like a that's 10 right. minute drive yeah, yeah. so there's gonna be a lot of stuff and like I'm right by I'm basically on the southern border of South Carolina I'm like 20 minutes from Savannah Georgia they have an art school so I'm sure there's tons of you know artsy kids doing music and crap there lots of venues Atlanta's a couple of Hours away, like it'll be different, but it'll probably have a whole more interesting type of sound. I think, than where I don't live near the city here, I live kind of out in the suburbs. Atlanta's
0: a couple hours away, that's it?
2: Yeah, like three. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, you might be our new hip hop correspondent. (laughs) I would like to actually check out Atlanta. That
1: is a fantastic idea. You specifically doing, but like having correspondents in different parts of the country to tune into local scenes. Oh just my cool. God, that's a- what's going yeah, on man. in hip hop? Go what's, what's going, going on in the streets there. of Atlanta? Down uh, on the street. there's no
0: way I'm walking the streets of Atlanta this home. You're on the ground floor, and I'm just curious when is that Migos album coming out? What, what the, have you heard? What are the best
1: tapes that have been passed out to yeah. you this week? What are they selling at the gas? It's stations. just going
2: to be me stuck in traffic trying to get where I'm going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, unless we have any final words about live music. I've got some records that I want to recommend to you boys. Let's get into it, man. I've been waiting. But, yeah, I know you guys have been waiting on this. We've all been waiting for, like, you know, music to resume on the whole, and you know, I know Danny specifically has been wanting some stuff to listen to because he never reads my text. So I, I <laughs> read them, I like them, I, <laughs> I respond know, to them, I know, I I'm, I'm totally joking. You're the only one that engages with this okay, stuff. I'm that is I'm fucking, I am <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking with you. Right, you good. just a great job with this. All right, uh, shouts out to Brock Hampton and uh, somebody else I was gonna bring up. I only have room for five people, you know, five acts. And I was gonna that last Brock Hampton record, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine, great album. I think it's their best one yet. You know, we can go in on this later, but like. Very tight stuff. This they is are, the one
0: that came out just recently. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was curious how you feel about them because Never given your boy, bond, boy band like fandom, this is a band that I think you should keep tabs on. They are like the definitive boy band of the moment.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well I feel BTS. like... BTS.
1: Well, we're talking, talking artistically, Danny.
0: Yeah, I'm talking I know. artistically too. No, I
1: know. You it's, haven't listened to Brockhampton, so how can you speak
0: I've listened that? to BTS. Well, I, I know, I've listened to BTS too. I'm just too. saying I don't like us writing them out of the question. What like do you mean? I've listened like to them too. No, I've like, listened to them. They they put up a fight at least right. I didn't like, say they didn't put up a fight. Right, I just good. said
1: they're not the. Dif- they might. I they're also not, said Brockhampton not- might be the definitive fan okay. of the month. All right. Okay. It Feels that way all right. to me. I'm sorry. BTS are fine. Okay. <laughs> um, so number five is a uh, new long leg by uh, the band Dry Cleaning. Have you we talked about them a little. Oh, we didn't. Okay no, I, I don't, couldn't I remember don't. if I had or not. Okay. They're from South London. Look, I there are so many post-punk bands all the time. This, you know, stuff gets recycled to death. Like this is one of the few post-punk bands that I could, you know, have really kind of enjoyed in a little while. Um, Three or four, eh, four piece. I think it's a little tighter, more interesting. They, you know, draw from like more like, you know, pop and no wave and stuff. That's like, it seems like it wouldn't work. Like it basically is pop punk or sorry, post-punk, but like there's a little bit more going on than just the sort of droll, like, you know, yeah, whatever angular kind of guitar playing it's the there's no actual singing it's all like spoken word and like the, honestly the the biggest appeal for me is the lyricism i forget the front woman's name but it's really surrealistic dry kind of uh lyrics it's really like that doesn't really sound like is anybody the accent else. thick uh
0: the british it's what it's,
1: well, it's, it's, i was you might think it's thick it's definitely notable but i don't think she lays it on super thick oh, uh, florence oh. shaw is her name okay uh, but yeah, this it's their debut record. It's much better than the first two EPs they put out. Uh, yeah, just like it's probably if you want to listen to any post punk record this year, I'm sure this will be the one. So yeah, definitely recommend looking into it. Yeah. Um, next thing, I mean, you knew this was coming. Khaled, it's, uh baby. Oh, Khaled's <laughs> coming, but you know we're not we're not at number one yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, yasuka OST. By the boy, yep. the man,
2: Fly the God
1: Among God among Men, the absolute <laughs> legend, you know, Flying Lotus. That's only number four? Well, there's, look, this is a soundtrack. I'm excited. I know. Okay. Well, uh, well I've talked about some of this other stuff to you before. I mean, yeah, hopefully, I actually know one of these you like a lot, but yeah, this soundtrack's pretty tight. It's for an anime that he also helped write and produce, uh, came out a couple days ago. Haven't watched any of it yet, but I'm loving the soundtrack so far. It's, um, yeah, like what you sort of expect, it's, you know, his singular blend of uh, low-end, like you know, bass music, free jazz, experimental electronica with this soundtrack in particular is interesting because obviously it's an anime soundtrack. There's a lot of Japanese instrumentation that's woven in and, um, it kind of reminds me tonally of like closer to total quiet comes. Like it's very, a lot of, yeah, aside from just the Eastern like string arrangements, there's also a lot of negative space and just, um, you know, meditative beauty interspersed with, you know, short bursts of inte- like, it's just kind of runs the gamut, but it's a really dreamy, surrealistic kind of listen. And, uh, the production is just sublime and Thundercats all over it, as you know. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a good record. Definitely. Like the thing is it's by, it's by no means a definitive flying Lotus record, but like by virtue of being a flying Lotus record, it's very good. So, you know, always stand for the man. Yeah. Uh, number three is Ultra Pop by the Armed, which are a Detroit hardcore institution of sorts. Uh, I know I talked to you about this record, Daniel. Anyway. Yeah. Do you listen yes. to this at
0: all? I've still not listened to it, but I'm very into their whole like concept of how it's not like the journalists don't even know who the actual band members are. Right. Like they send their friends out for mm. interviews, and like yep.
2: I, I love that. Oh, super
0: interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry that I was skipping over you for all this. Do
1: you li- have you listened to Dry Cleaning before at all? N- n- no,
2: I have not. And I know you're a
1: Flying Lotus fan, but I you haven't listened to Yussuf. No, i have not yet. No. Yeah, it's a good name. Uh, and the, we haven't talked about them before, have we?
2: I don't believe so, no. I think they're a
1: band that you might enjoy. I mean, I don't really know what your mileage is on hardcore these days. Mm. Like, how do you... I mean, they're, they're like... I'm really all over the place. I mean, it is hardcore, but there's also a heavy art rock influence. They're very influenced by pop, but, I mean, it's unabashedly hardcore music, I mean.
2: I mean, the thing is with me is just, like, if you – I'm open to listen to anything. If I like yeah. it, I don't. Or I like it. If I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah. It's just the end of the day. I'm, I'm not really opposed to any genre per se. Um, I just – some things I'm exposed to more than others, but mm-hmm. there's things in all brackets I like. But, yeah, I'll check them out.
1: Yeah. The album's called Ultra Pop. I mean, this is – yeah, Like,
2: like Jacked.
1: They're all the they're the all absolutely ripped. I mean, it's insane. Those guys are big. Which is also big is, it, makes it funny about this too is that like yeah, we don't know who's in the arm. But we've seen promos of supposedly the band in quotation mark, and it's just a bunch of jacked people. And like, there are a bunch of jacked people on stage. Like when they. You know, have, or, I mean, they haven't been touring, but like the promos, the videos, whatever. But like, you don't really know who it, are the members of that's the actual band, who's recorded on it. Just for everything, like they've shown aside from the album cover, it's just a bunch of ripped people. That's like, where they get like some. <laughs> that's where
0: they get some Andrew WK comparisons too, right? Yeah, a bit, for sure. No one never knew. I heard there was like rumors that like people didn't know who the real Andrew WK was. That like if you'd see him live, sometimes there were like different people. Really, his songs, yeah. Like- there
1: also is a connection with him, too. I think they were signed to his label at one point or Might be or something. Wow, like, okay, yeah. oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, they are, I've been a band that I've been aware of for a couple of years. They weren't really on my radar until this record came out, but um, yeah, it's a great album. I mean, this is like, I mean, for sure, the most compelling of any kind of like heavy music. Like, there isn't a ton of like heavy music that just is like in general that kind of you know has any semblance of. Um, you know, critical attention or anybody that like is writing or interested in it necessarily for the most part, you know, and that's just kind of dwindling with each and every past. There's always great music being made, whether, it, you know, hardcore, you know, metal, whatever, like anything that's abrasive sounding. There's always, there are, you know, dozens, hundreds, whatever, so many interesting things that are happening on Bandcamp or elsewhere, but like There's not, you know, a ton of uh, attention for this sort of stuff. And, like, you know, this record, you know, deserves, I think, a lot of attention. But, you know, who knows what will happen. I just think it's something that if you're into heavy music, you should absolutely check out. Um, The next record I think we've talked about as well. It's called Promises by uh, Farrow Sanders and Mm -hmm. Floating Points and the London Symphony Orchestra. With
0: the beautiful Julie Mayer cover art. Yes. (laughs) This
1: record is just Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, this is truly just um, like a tranquil dream of sorts. I mean, there's like a motif that just kind of runs throughout all of it. And like, there's just really, I mean, at the London Symphony Orchestra, there's incredible mm-hmm. string arrangements. And I mean, Pharaoh Sanders, like his playing is never, I mean, it's always sounded very controlled and purposeful, but like there's just like a sort of ease to this and confidence that I just have never, I don't listen to a lot of Pharaoh Sanders music, but this is just so unlike anything I've heard from him.
0: He, his, um, he sings a little bit on it too, doesn't yeah, he, he? It's does. hard to, cause his, but his sax playing is so like expressive that it sounds like a voice Mm -hmm. i mean that's such like a corny thing that probably (laughs) everyone's said for his whole career but like like when he's for when i first heard cliches for a reason yeah exactly (laughs) when i first heard him like singing on the record for a second there was like 30 seconds where i was like is this him singing or is this him playing still he 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 does i think it's
1: well there's some scatting i don't know if there are like no no
0: words no words right i was just vocalizations yeah 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 yeah. right right
1: and the uh, floating points uh Uh, Producer that I've been, I'm not a huge fan of his work, but I've liked pretty much everything he's put out. He's a very interesting, uh, I think a London based producer, um, had a kind of background in dance music and has released some like gorgeous electronic, like ambient adjacent kind of records. But yeah, his work is kind of all over the place. He put out a really solid record in 2019, actually, blank on the name of, but yeah, Promises is, uh, yeah, really unlike, well, sorry, were you gonna say
0: that's and that's one of the few albums that our boy Mark Richardson came out of retirement to write the review for, too, right? Oh, yeah. You know,
1: it was funny. I was talking about it, how it's a big deal if Mark doesn't writes a review that's not through uh, the Wall Street Journal. He reviewed something else like the next week and I was like, well, I guess this doesn't matter. Yeah, more. yeah. But, like, I, I, I don't remember two what out it was, but it was just like, wow, dude, you completely deflated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Yeah, no, it, it doesn't happen very often and it was weird. I don't know how I became aware of this because I don't read the Wall Street Journal, but like, the other through his Twitter, like I saw him tweet about something, whatever, but like he regularly reviews stuff on
0: the wall street journal. Like really? All he, the time. He the, like a music yeah. section for yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. So like that,
1: that's like the only place that I've seen any writing of his like posted anywhere, like for the most part, the last ten features. I know
0: he's at, uh, yeah, it's Columbia or NYU. I haven't, I do remember hearing about that, but i and writing a teaches. book. Yeah.
1: But yeah, this is a really interesting record. I mean, this is honestly one of the few records I, like to like throw this out there as much as I can because yeah, there is so much of this stuff that, you know, is seemingly very niche, but like promises honestly is like one of the few records that I feel, you know, pretty safe just recommending to anybody. I mean, it is just like, yeah, just so, yeah. I mean, expressive is a great word for it because it's just so unto itself. I mean, it's like unfolds so beautifully and patiently and like, it just like, there's sort everything feels like the negative space is like enormous, but there's like, everything feels like perfectly placed. And like, it's like, you know, over the perfect arc of forty five minutes, like it just yeah. I feel
0: like it's very like cinematic, like and a lot of that's probably in debt to the London Symphony yeah, Orchestra. For sure. But it, it feels like it would work perfectly over like a Hitchcock film, like if you just put it on mm-hmm. silent and just played that over it or something. Like Oh yeah. Just or like any type of like visual. It, it's it's very cool. Yeah.
1: And uh so number one obviously would be entertainment death, but like, you know, I went long on that last episode. Like my favorite album of the year, for sure, by far. Well, yeah, def- it's definitely my ten. So we'll, I'll talk about a length, uh, you know, towards the end of the year. But like this record's incredible. If you I've haven't been
0: jamming
2: uh, on it still,
1: yeah, I still am too. If you haven't heard of Entertainment Death, you should absolutely get on that record. Yeah, I've
2: not, but I'll look into it.
1: Uh, number one that I'm going to bring up today is I can't even fucking pronounce that this <laughs> record. It's I know I've told you about this. It's Menis kekko Ketevet. I, I I just yeah, I have no idea. But it's by the group Lost Girls, which is Jenny Haval's new group. Mm-hmm. Uh she's a producer singer-songwriter who's been releasing music for several years. I've uh, I haven't been a fan of her for that long, but I like pretty much everything she's put out and uh this is a new project. I mean, she put out like an EP with uh Under Lost Girls uh, a couple years ago, but this is their first full length and um came out, yeah, in March or whatever, but it's only five tracks. It's basically like sort of uh, like a fusion of dream pop and like kind of minimal techno like it reminds me a lot of like kelly lee owens it's just very soothing almost yeah again like borderline ambient sort of stuff but like each track kind of builds progressively with layers of just minimal electronic instrumentation and it kind of all like some of the stuff feels spoken word or sample driven and then she'll start singing over it and i mean it's just really long impressive compositions um She's got a gorgeous voice, and uh, yeah, it has sort of the imagery of everything. is It's got a, that kind of surreal bent, not unlike the dry cleaning record of it's hard to parse exactly where she's going with a lot of the imagery and like where she is taking the songs, but the music is just so overwhelmingly lush and um, just yeah, kind of propulsive and thrilling at the same time. I mean, it's really like, it feels like a very natural progression of her own music, but it's also unlike anything that she's ever done before. And um, yeah, it's really.
0: Have you listened to this record before, Danny? I've never, li- I haven't listened to that and I haven't listened to any of her solo work either. I mean, it's one of those names that I've seen floating around. Yeah, like I would five say if you've now. been, right, if you've been uh,
1: you know reading Pitchfork long enough, Pitchfork, you've read a review yeah. of hers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, oh man, who is the, what's, oh yeah, Havard Voldian, I believe, is the other member of the brand. They're both from, they're both Norwegian uh, composers and mm-hmm. singers. and um yeah really really compelling stuff i mean this is i think a, a great entry point for uh jenny Havall in the whole um i also think man, i'm blanking on her last record but uh the one in 2019 also it's a very good place to start but yeah she's a very singular presence i mean again i i brought up the kelly leon comparison i think with respect to this record because of the kind of um, well the last record too has that sort of Uh, electronic dance, you know, sort of uh, sensibility coursing throughout it as well. But, yeah, it's really dreamy, abstract, lush music that, you know, it's very well worth listening to if you enjoy dream pop or anything that's kind of reminiscent of that. But, yeah, it's a big place to start. Great record. I need to get into her. Yeah, you should. I I think you would enjoy some of her stuff for sure.
0: I'll start with this one, plunge into that 2019 one, and then we'll just do the full deep dive.
1: Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, man, we have so many dives that we're doing soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, a- I want to. All right, so just to do. Oh, Practice
1: of Love, by the way. That's the, what it's called. The 2019, 2019 one. Practice of Love, yeah. All right, so just
0: to, to wrap up with some foreshadowing. Sure. I want to remind you guys in the same way wrestling where they build up episode to episode to the big. Oh of, yeah. I think big, I teased us earlier. Yeah. yeah. I want to remind everyone. We still got the emo roundtable coming up. Oh, that's yeah, not. <laughs> I don't I know if that's them. next yeah. episode or the episode after, but we've still got the emo round. We'll table do it at coming. some
1: point in 2021.
0: We're going to talk it out. We're yeah. going to have Josh Matt on. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a while now. That's happening. Also want to say Dylan, we are only uh, I want to say a month and two weeks away from the summer solstice. Yeah, that's right. At which point, our year-long planned summer of Wayne. Yep. Summer of Wayne we're talking about it for a year now Summer of Wayne will start I every episode
1: be... I think it's gonna be different era is what we were discussing Yeah, which yeah. I don't know how we're just... gonna... like there, I mean there are too many tapes too many albums it can't be done like that it's gotta be done in eras like, yeah like, it'll just be
0: a little segment yeah each for like probably about five episodes five or six episodes yeah. maybe whatever the length of the season the next season And we'll yeah. just be touching on like oh this was 2002 to 2003 Wayne this was
1: we're both very overdue for just a long look at the career of Lil Wayne and yeah. so it's yeah. going to be happening I mean, we probably both know
0: like 50 songs still, at least because just so prominent Oh, that's the thing. But is, that's like, like honestly,
1: 1%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like to the, the extent that I was like listening to heavy in middle school, I mean, easily at least 50 songs I have heard and might still remember, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's obnoxious. There's I'm so, so excited. Much. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. So, and yeah, yeah. and then we're going to have our, uh, New York odds throw down at some point when you have all your strokes.
0: Little so gang members. come I Actually, here, just like, actually oh, the I, are I great. found they're <laughs> are, New York. that needs to come up very <laughs> yeah, soon because be I have a fun fact for you in a couple weeks, the end of may, it's in the may 20s. I just found out recently is the twenty year anniversary of their first release, the Modern AGP. Twenty yeah. years. That's wild. So I think we should talk about it then. Yeah, we will. We can do that. And I'll get all my fucking little minions, my little goons, my little <laughs> New York goons, who are going to come here and set the facts straight. I, have,
1: I do have some ammo for you too, by the way. I don't know if you want to hear it on the show or not, like right now yeah, or bring now it to the episode. But bring it. This is just—it's ammo for you. This is just an interesting fun fact. The uh, Strokes were shouted out on the person pitch uh, booklet. Really, with all the acts that had inspired him, the infamous uh, pers- person, pitch, uh, all the yeah, the artists that were had completely inspired that record, and some of the na- uh, most of it's very unsurprising. But yeah, the Strokes are on there. He was their, definitely a fan
0: of the Strokes. Their first tour, Morrissey saw him live. Noel Gallagher saw him live. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, he was living in New York when that was going down. He Panda was, was?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. I he was part wait. of the
1: stuff that was actually exciting that was happening yeah. in the same city.
0: Me and my so. boys, were gonna fuck you up.
1: Gonna try, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, guys, I I mean, there were
1: like three good records from all those bands, so you know, it'd be fun to
2: talk about. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You could always,
1: have, maybe you always
0: end it and make getting me in like an angry state. Why do you do this? I want to wrap up. Well, you yeah. well,
1: we, we had to just go down with the throwdowns at the very end. So yeah, it, it exactly always
0: like... turns into, it always turns into like a challenge, late. Anyways, <laughs> wrapping up, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very we much. We really have fun
2: here. Yeah, no, it's been great. I mean, this is my first experience in the whole podcasting thing, but it's been very enjoyable. I've yeah, really enjoyed it.
0: I'm bummed you're moving, man, because your taste of music is
2: badass. You named off hey, like 50 bands that I love tonight. Maybe I can call in at some point.
0: Yeah, we
1: haven't actually gotten our. Yeah, just the perfect, like what we want to, you know, want to do for Collins and like just figuring that situation out. But, but like, it's something that we need to be implemented. And like, I want to obviously have you on for sure yeah. moving forward.
2: i will yeah. be back now and then, too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, right on, right on.
0: Well, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks.
1: Next out. Ecstasy out.